What's up, guys? It's Eric from DFS HQ. I'm here to break down the DraftKings MMA card this weekend, headlined by Justin Gaethje versus Edson Barboza, which is, I would be shocked if it doesn't turn out to be fight of the year. Um, just a quick heads up before we dig into these fights. I think it's a much better card to sit back and relax and watch and enjoy these bloodbaths of some of these fights. Uh, on DraftKings, like eight to nine of these fights can go either way. I don't love any of the nine K fighters. If I'm being completely honest, I think the mid there's a lot of mid range fighters who can score highly. Um, so it's just going to be an odd drafting his card because I think a lot of the nine K fighters, if they don't hit their ceiling, like I could see all of them scoring in seventies, sixties, seventies and a win, which would basically kill you. Um, there's three ladies fights on this card, and I honestly don't have much interest in all three. If you're milking multiple GPP lineups, obviously you can have some access to Michelle Watterson at her price in the mid-7Ks for her submission upside. I have no interest in Carolina in the mid-8Ks coming off her brutal KO, if I'm being completely honest, even though I think she's probably going to win. Jessica Aguilar is completely washed, uh, and even though she's really cheap, I have no interest. Marina Rodriguez in 9100, I don't mind in cash or like single-entry GPP, and then Maraz. Mazo fight. I have no interest at all. And also, I have no interest in the Des Green versus Ross Pearson fight. And I also have very little interest in the Ray Borg and Kenny fight. So we're not really going to talk about those fights at all. Um, so basically, for this podcast, we're just going to stick to the best fights to target for DraftKings. Uh, so saying that, the first fight they were going to dig into is Kevin Holland versus Gerald Mearshart. Kevin Holland's coming in at a price of 8900 and Mir shared at a price of 7300 And I'm, first of all, I'm picking Kevin Holland to win this fight, and I'm picking him to win by stoppage. I'm probably higher on Kevin Holland, self-admittedly, than most people are. I think he's a really good fighter. He goofs around a bit too much mid-fight for my liking. Um, I understand this part of his personality, but once he starts fighting top 15 competition, he's not going to be able to get away with that. I was very impressed, even though he lost his UFC debut, as he came in in a week's notice and made it to a decision with Tiago Santos, and actually had him in a super deep armbar early in that fight. Um, and then, obviously, he scored 155 points in his last fight, but that was against a can. Um, I do think he's better everywhere. I think Gerald Mearshart's probably the better opportunistic grappler, and honestly, in my opinion, besides being a somewhat durable vet, that's like his what he's only really good at, um... I actually think Kevin Holland has a better overall jiu-jitsu game. And he's it's just continuing to get better. He's been competing a lot in Texas and high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments and placing. And I think his striking is going to be too much. I think he can force Mearshard into a sloppy shot and the finish will come for Holland there. So at 8,900, I really like Kevin Holland in cash and GPP. And Mearshard, just because he has some mission upside and he scores crazy high in all his wins... I don't mind him in GPP if you're making over five lineups or so. Uh, but under that, I wouldn't really touch him. Uh, the next fight is Alex Perez versus Mark De La Rosa. And Mark De La Rosa is moving up from 125 pounds to 135 pounds. And I have a feeling he's just going to be too small for 135. There's a lot of these fighters at 135 that have pretty solid punching power, can wrestle well, and have overall total packages with grappling. 
And even though he has a price of 7000 and Mark De La Rosa has shown to have a good jiu-jitsu game, solid boxing, but that's at 125 pounds. I don't like the way he looked in his last fight against Joby Sanchez. He almost blew that fight. Uh, it cost himself a decision. And against Alex Perez, I just think Alex Perez is going to be too big and too strong, hits too hard. He's a very opportunistic grappler. Uh, he's really good series of front chokes, dart cho- darts chokes, anaconda chokes, stuff like that. Has average power, above average power in his hands. Um, I don't want to call Alex Perez a glass cannon because he's not, but he doesn't react to damage all that well. And it's he was basically KO'd twice in his last fight against Joseph Benavidez. It was a horrible stoppage by the ref that got in there late. So it's always hard to tell how young fighters are going to react coming off a bad loss. But here I just think Perez is going to be too big, too strong, hit too hard. Jiu-Jitsu is going to be too good. So I'm going to pick. I do think De La Rosa is tough enough to make it to decision. But I also wouldn't be shocked if Perez sank in one of his front chokes. So the pick is Perez to win by decision. His price is 9200 unless he gets a finish. I highly, highly doubt he's going to pay off. Like, he has an outlier score of 145 points in DraftKings, and other than that, he has a couple 90s and a 70. And like, I mean, in cash, 90 will be fine, but it's not really going to help you in GPP. And Mark De La Rosa, I only have interest if you're making over 10 GPP lineups. Uh, the next fight we're going to get it, dig into is Kevin Aguilar versus Enrique Barzola. And... Kevin Aguilar comes in at a price of 8000 and Enrique Barzola at a price of 8200 And Kevin Aguilar actually opened that at like a minus 160 favorite. And he's now the underdog. And so a lot of money has come in Barzola. And I think a lot of that's because if you look at Barzola, all his, his path to victory in every fight is the same as forward pressure and nonstop takedowns. And... With Barzola, he has great takedowns, but he has horrible top control. So his opponents will constantly get right back to their feet, and then Barzola will just rinse and repeat with the takedowns. And for DraftKings, that's gold. Because one takedown is equal to 10 significant strikes for DraftKings points. So, I mean, a lot of the times you'll see wrestlers like Barzola who don't have good top control. They'll get takedown after takedown. That can outscore fighters who get a first round KO and you can see these wrestlers outscore them even in a decision. And in his last fight, Barzola scored what 121 in a decision. He has 107 in a decision, 104 in a decision, 93 in a decision. Um, so, I mean, the upside is there. I mean, his floor is in a floor in the win is basically 80 points because of the takedowns in 8,200. That's going to work. Um, with Kevin Aguilar, I think he's the much better striker much bigger power, much better footwork. I just don't like, especially in this matchup, I don't like that Kevin Aguilar backs up so much and that he likes to wait on his opponent. If he were to come forward and were more aggressive with his hands, I'd probably pick him to win this fight because I think the power and the striking would be too much. But this is, as we know, styles make fights in MMA, and I just think the way that Aguilar backs up, he's going to cut up on the fence, and Brazola will be able to take him down multiple times. Um, Aguilar does have slick arm bars, so I do have some slight concern for Brazola on that, but I think Brazola is going to be too strong on top. He's never really been close to getting subbed. Uh, so the pick is Barzola by decision, but if you're playing GPP, making multiple lineups, you should can have access to both sides of this fight. 
Um, the next fight is Jack Hermanson at a price of 8300 versus David Branch at a price of 7900 And David Price is a former World Series of Fighting Light Heavyweight and Middleweight champ. Had a really nice run there during his time there in his career. But I don't know what it is with him in the UFC. He just doesn't, he can't get over that hump. And I have a feeling based on how he looked in his last fight, he might be on the road to being washed. He gassed really quick after he got a couple of takedowns and Jared Kinnanier got back up. And, I mean, we've seen David Branch go five rounds multiple times, so it's kind of shocking to see him gas out that quick. He doesn't like getting hit. He kind of tends to cave when fighters take over. I mean, we saw that against Luke Rockhold. He had a great first round against Luke, and then Luke got top control, and David Branch tapped his strikes. He folded against his last opponent as well once he got tired. And I really think that Jack Hermanson can turn it on here if he shows up. You kind of almost never know what you're going get, to get with Jack. He's hot or cold, but he has massive, massive upside at his price of 8300 in DraftKings. I mean, he scored 143 in his last fight. He scored 120, he scored 113, 102, 82, 81. I mean, that's like what we talked about with Brazola. The floor here in a win for Hermanson is basically 80 points. And I am going to pick him to win this fight. I think he can take over this fight in the later rounds. And if he gets on top, he's going to get a TKO finish with his ground and pound, a la Luke Rockhold versus David Branch. Um... And I do like Jack Hermanson a lot in GPP because of the upside at his price. And also, I think there is a chance that David Branch could be washed. And I don't mind taking a chance on David Branch if we're making like over eight GPP lineups. But other than that, I don't have really any interest at all. Uh, the next fight should be a hell of a banger. It's Shaman Marais versus Sadiq Youssef. And Shaman Marais comes in at a price of 7500 and Shaman's probably one of the most criminally underrated MMA fighters out there right now. His two losses are to uh, sorry guys, there had to knock on the door for a second. Or two losses are to uh, Marais and also Zabit. And if those are your two losses, I mean that says a lot because those two are world class and both are possible future champs. Uh, Shaman Rice has beautiful technical Muay Thai. Really slick standing elbows, especially in the clinch that he throws from all angles. Um, but the issue with Shaman Morais is he does better when he can dictate the pace that he wants to fight at. When he's being pressured and being forced to fight off his back foot, he tends to get hit a lot. His striking defense goes out the window, his footwork goes out the window, and he tends to gas by like the mid-second round. We've seen it in a couple fights now. And against Sadiq Youssef, even though I think Shaman Marais is the better overall striker, I just think Youssef's style is going to give Marais issues. I think Youssef is going to be faster. I think he hits harder. I, there's more output. There's more forward pressure. Um, and he's one of these, as we've seen, Africa has taken over the MMA scene, especially in Nigeria. He's another one of these guys from Africa that's just a ball of raw talent. And I think he has really high upside. Uh, in his career. And so for Yusuf at 8,700, I like him in cash and GPP. I think he, I don't think he's going to get a finish here. I think Shaman's durable enough to make a decision, but I still think Yusuf can score 85 to 100 in a decision. And for Shaman Morais, it's GPP only, and only if making over three lineups, I would touch him. Uh, so saying that, we'll move on to the next fight. 
which is Paul Craig versus Kennedy Njichukwu. I hope I pronounced that right. I don't think I did. And with Paul Craig, with him, it's always submission or bust. If he doesn't get a submission, he's going to get his ass beat. We've seen him pull out a submission the last second after getting dominated for three rounds against Magomed Ankalaev. Um, but other than that, I mean, if he doesn't get the sub, he's just going to get murked for three rounds or until he gets finished. He doesn't have a great chin. When he's put in his back, if you can get past his guard and get into half guard or side control, you can really do damage to him. You can look for your own submissions. It's when people hang out in Paul Craig's guard is when they get into trouble with triangles and iron bars, etc. Um, and with Kennedy and Chicheku, he's so green and so raw that I do have some concern he's going to look for a takedown here against Paul Craig. But if Kennedy were to keep this fight on the feet, I think he would KO Paul Craig because here we go have another fighter from Africa who's just a ball of raw talent, aggression, big power in his hands. Um, but doesn't really have any grappling that he's shown or defensive grappling. And that's why I do give Paul Craig a chance in this fight. But I do think that, I really do think that Kennedy can get him out of there and get him out of there early. And at his price of 9000 I mean, he probably has the highest upside of the 9K fighters in their matchups, but also carries significant risk because of how green he is and the submission upside of Paul Craig. Um, so the pick is going to be Kennedy and Chichukuku, or however the hell you pronounce it, to defeat Paul Craig by TKO. And if you're making over five lineups, I don't mind taking a shot, Paul Craig. Uh, and then finally, probably the this might be the best DraftKings fight to target in the last couple of years. It's Justin Gaethje versus Edson Barboza. And I am going to pick Edson Barboza to win this fight, but anybody that's making predictions on this fight, there's real, honestly, there's no way you can be too confident on your choice here. I mean, there's so many possible outcomes in this fight. It's just going to be pure mayhem, pure madness. It's going to be a bloodbath. For me, what's going to make the difference is the way that Justin Gaethje shells up when he's covering headshots, he leaves his body way open to attacks. And I think Edson and his coaches are going to pick up in that energy. They're just going to be destroying the body and then eventually Justin will drop his hands. And as we all know, when you drop your hands, that opens up the head kick. And also, if Justin decides to wrestle, I think he better be careful because when he was doing some wrestling at open workouts, his, slops, his shots looked really sloppy. And if he shoots like that in on Edson, he's going to get KO'd just like Benil Darius did going for a takedown. Um, but as we know, the concern with Edson Barboza is that he always struggles against pressure fighters, especially if you can take away his kicks, because his hands aren't the best. Even though they have shown some improvements since his move to ATT, Edson's boxing has always been his downfall and also facing pressure fighters. And Justin Gaethje is just pure pressure and pure aggression. He has no regard for his health or safety. He just He's basically a punching bag. But if you can't get him out of there, you're fucked. Because he's going to break you. You're going to wilt under your pressure and he's going to finish you. Justin Gaethje has landed over 120 leg kicks through four UFC fights. Which is just freaking insane to see the least. And there's basically nobody in the world I would suggest that trades leg kicks with Edson Barboza. But if I had to tell somebody to do it, it would probably be Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje. Because he kicks insanely hard and especially his leg kicks and I think that can help 
slow down Edson's movement and make him more stationary, which is what Gaethje wants. Uh, this is a clear fight to stacking cash. And if you're new to MMA on DraftKings, when you're stacking a fight, we're basically rostering both fighters from one fight. You almost always only do it in five-round fights like this and high-output fights like this. And we're really looking for over 120 points in our stack. So that means we want Gaethje and Barboza point totals to, for, to combine for over 120 points in cash. And in GPP, if in this fight, let's say you're making 10 GPP lineups, I would roster this fight in 100% of your lineups. Like, for example, have six Barbos and four Gaethje, or four Gaethje and, I'm sorry, or six Gaethje and four Barboza, or seven Gaethje and three Barboza, or seven Barboza and three Gaethje. But I would have 100% access to this fight if we're making, like, under 15 lineups. If you want to fade the fight, I would make a shitload of GPP lineups because this is going to be an insanely high-scoring fight for whoever wins. Um... And there is a chance I change my pick to Justin Gaethje by the time the sheet comes out. And I do feel like he's slightly better DraftKings play because he's 600 cheaper. And he has more, he has a higher upside and also a safer floor. I mean, in his losses, in his two losses in the UFC, Justin Gaethje has scored 61 and 58 points. I mean, that's what some fighters score in a win. So, I mean, I would, I mean... I don't like to call anybody a lock in MMA on DraftKings, but he's pretty damn close. I mean, you know it's possible he gets sparked out just because of the style that he fights. But, man, I have a feeling that if Edson doesn't get him, get him out of there within the first two and a half rounds, Justin's pressure is just going to break Edson. He'll get a late finish. Uh, so, like I said, this is probably the best fight to target of the year, or maybe even of, like, the last two years. Um, but just to recap all my picks... I have Ray Borg over Kenny. I don't have much interest in this fight on DraftKings at all. I have Kevin Holland by finish over Gerald Mearshart. Kevin Holland in cash and GPP. Mearshart, deep GPP if making over eight lineups or so. I have Alex Perez over Mark De La Rosa by decision or late sub. I like Perez in cash and De La Rosa in GPP if making over tennis lineups. I have Barzola over Aguilar by decision. But I like think it's a fight where you should have access to both fighters if you're making multiple GPP lineups. I have Michael Johnson by decision over Josh Emmett. Don't have a ton of interest in that fight in DraftKings. I have Jack Hermanson by TKO over David Branch. And I really like Jack Hermanson in GPP and David Branch in GPP if you're making over five lineups. I have Sadiq Youssef by decision over Shaman Marais. And I like Sadiq Youssef and Cash and like single entry to three max GPP and Shaman Marais and GPP. If you're making over three to five lineups, I have Des Green over Ross Pearson by decision, no interest at all in DraftKings. I have Mazo over Moroz by decision, no interest in DraftKings. I have Kennedy and Chewoku over Paul Craig by KO. Again, this is just a GPP fight only. Both these guys are. Don't know way in hell would I play in cash. And with Paul Craig, he's submission or bust, so if you're making over five lineups, I don't mind taking a shot for the submission upside. I have Marina Rodriguez by decision or late TKO over Jessica Aguilar. And I like her in cash on DraftKings. And I have Carolina Kavalkevich by decision over Marcel Watterson. 
but I think Michelle Watterson is a better DraftKings play because of her mid-7K price range and also her submission upside. While, I, I mean, Carolina has shown she has 100-point upside in decisions because of her striking, but she's coming off a brutal KO loss, and it's hard to tell how she's going to show out here. Uh, so just to recap, like I started off by saying, I feel like this is going to be a much better card just to sit back and enjoy because these fights are going to be insane rather than playing a bunch of lineups on DraftKings because I think DraftKings is very, very, very tricky this week. And I, like I said, I think there's about nine of these fights where it can go either way. And I, it's going to be a weird week on DraftKings scoring-wise also because I think some of these fights are going to be very high scoring. And then I really think there's a big chance that some of these 9K fighters score in the 60s and 70s in their wins. So I'm having a hard read on exactly what it's going to take to win a GPP this week because of the wide range of possibilities. Uh, the cheat sheet will be out later today in the MMA room. And for you non-members, guys, please give us a like and follow on Twitter at DFS Headquarters. And you can find me on Twitter at, or you can just search me on Twitter, RampageFan. 420 HQ MMA DFS. So please give me a follow along with our website on Twitter at DFS headquarters. $20 a month. We're the best bang for your buck in the industry. We cover every DFS sport you can imagine. Podcasts, rankings, projections, models, you name it. Private chat rooms on Discord, private coaching. We have a great family right now at the HQ. Good luck with your bets. Good luck with your DraftKings lineups. And enjoy these bangers of fights this weekend. Peace out, guys.